Well, hello. Welcome to Midlife State of Mind, the show for that middle section of your life, the one that comes after you've raised yourself, your kids, and the rim on your rose-colored glasses. I'm your host, Erin Beadle. And I'm your host, Alicia Jessness, and we're so excited for you to join us as we talk about all the weird and wonderful ways things change as you navigate midlife, the state of mind, that is. All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, so glad to be back on the air. Uh, last episode, you heard all about Aaron Saga not having a voice. Kind of hard to podcast when you don't have yeah, a voice. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> when breathing, I mean, excuse me, when talking makes you run out of so much breath that you see stars. Um, right. After saying like three words. That's not a That doesn't make, and, and y'all know I can talk. So, it's true. It's um, true. Well, we're talking more about um, health over 40. How to take care of your body, your, yeah. your mind, your yeah. all the things. Yeah. And um, this is called um, IBS, ABS, all the vowels in your bowels. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, yeah, Alicia has an experience um, where, and maybe some of you have had this, where you're like doing all of the things like, you know, you're like eating healthy, you're exercising, you're doing, you know, just getting the sleep and, and, but you're like, feeling terrible right yeah. you know you it's think like, you're doing all the right yes, things and like, it turns out that it's not the right thing so we're gonna you. this is this is gonna be very eye-opening mm-hmm. um because um it's not something that's very I mean I think a lot of people know about IBS mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit about that but ABS which I had never even heard of mm-hmm. um but it makes so much sense and so Alicia is gonna talk to us about her experience And, um, you know, just kind of like, it might just be something that like clicks in your mind where you're like, oh, wait, okay. We're just hoping it'll be eye opening for some people. I mean, nobody likes to talk about bowel movements. No, but pooping is the most important thing in life. I mean, if you're not doing it like you're supposed to, then uh, everything else is going to, is going to go haywire. Which, you know, before we get into your story, I was Mm going to tell you, so I have had like constipation since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. I mean, like TMI, I know. Here we are. We're talking. Yeah. Th- listen, we've talked about vaginas, <laughs> redoing your vagina. We've if talked you're about squeamish talking about bowel yeah, movements. You should yeah. probably tune out on this one. But listen, everybody poops. Everybody does. Hopefully, everybody does. But I didn't have good, um, you know, bowel. Ha- like starting as a little girl going mm-hmm. to camp. Like if I left home, I wouldn't poop, and I got my gut right right and I'm telling you there's nothing that brings me more joy than having a good old bowel movement every morning I mean it's I feel like so good so you know if you are not if your bowel habits are you know irregular you're gonna find out some information today that might like shed some light on it so so take me back so you've all you've um this started how long ago with you okay so um I I'm going to take you all the way back to 2016 and we're going to we're going to just give you a little bit of backstory so in 2016 I was having some major health issues um I had reached almost 280 pounds and everybody that I that I say that number out loud to is like oh my god like you were never that heavy and the reason people think that is because I had about a year and a half of my life where I literally didn't go out in public. I wouldn't allow for my picture to be taken. I um, was in a really bad car accident. I had suffered some serious back injuries, and I went from <clears throat> training for a marathon to not being able to climb a flight of stairs. Okay. 
And so I had some major issues. And in um, the fall of 2016, I had a health scare that was so bad that um, I knew that I had to make a change. I knew I had to make a change. I was, you know, heavier than I had ever been. Um, I discovered that I had been, was being over-medicated. I was seeing a physician that was over-medicating me for um, ADHD and some other mental health issues that I Which we're going to get into a whole episode yep, on that. doing a whole episode on that too. And um, just kind of, you know, it wasn't like an epiphany. It was more like a... a realization. A, it was a realization over a period of time that I had to make some changes or I was not going to be around to see my son grow up and graduate high school, go to college, live his own life. So in 2017, I went to a boot camp. Um, it was at High Performance Athletics. So um, shout out to that organization because the owners of that organization are absolutely incredible. And that boot camp really did change my life. So... And you lost... So, that was in January of 2017. Okay. Was it a New Year's resolution or was it just like... No, it was just that... More like, I have to make a change. The boot camp was paid for in advance. And if I pay for something in advance, I'm going to use it. it. Unlike a gym membership where it comes out of your checking account every month. And you're like, meh, you know, it's $20. So, this was several hundred dollars. It was paid for up front. Um, and I, I just had had enough bad experiences in 2016 health-wise. You know, I'd gone on a vacation with my family. We went to the mountains in North Carolina. And I, when I saw those pictures and then really kind of looked at the, the year of my life preceding those pictures... I just realized I was in a place I didn't want to be anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the boot camp kind of kick-started the weight loss journey, but I really didn't get serious about it until um, it was September of 2018. So I progressively, I went to the boot camp. The boot camp is 12 weeks. Um, after the 12 weeks, I had lost um, a pretty significant amount of weight. In fact, they were doing a contest throughout the boot camp that nobody knew about, and I won that contest. Okay. So I lost a pretty significant amount of weight. I was very strict. I did follow the diet restrictions, and sh- I did not miss a single class during the boot camp. So okay. I, I did, it was kind of the first time I had ever really taken my health seriously in my adult life I had been a runner my whole life Mm -hmm. I had worked at the gym periodically I had done weight training periodically but this was the first time where I was like you made it like a priority I made it a priority I did not let anything or anyone interfere right you're like I knew come hell or high water I'm gonna give myself this time every day I knew I was in a position at that point where it was Mm life-threatening I mean um, I had had a couple of situations where I thought I was having a heart attack. I had a couple of situations where now I'm pretty sure I had um, some trans ischemic attacks, which yeah, are like mini TIA, strokes. Mini, yep. mini strokes. Pen strokes are sometimes what they're called. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so now that I'm more educated about all of that stuff, I, I, I mean, I knew then that I was experiencing things that just weren't normal for your age. Just weren't normal. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, not even 40 yet. Right. So, um, well, I was I was a little over 40. Okay. <laughs> I just turned 40. So I wasn't, you know, 75 years old. I should right. not have been in, in, in the state of infirmity that I was. And so, um, so over the next year, this is 2017, um, I lost a pretty significant amount of weight. Not the big number, though. I lost about 50 pounds okay. from so January to September. So you were down to, to like 230 or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But did you feel better? 
I did feel better. Okay. And I started to see the progress. I mean, again, I lost like the first 20 pounds always comes off pretty quick when you change your lifestyle that dramatically. But then in September, um, I was a huge fan of the Hollis's. I just was in a Hollis phase at that point. And they um, did something called the last 90 days. And the concept of this is brilliant. It is where instead of waiting till January 1st to like get your shit together. You do it the last 90 days of the year. You do it the last 90 days of the year. You commit to making that change so that when the new year rolls around, you have the momentum. Right. You're already in that that phase. and. So boot camp was like that for me. I committed. I committed 100%. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss a day. I committed to the diet. But then I, I kind of fell off. But I was still exercising three times a week. I was still going to um, the CrossFit gym. It was a CrossFit gym. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was one of those people who told everybody about CrossFit because I was a CrossFitter. Yeah. I was definitely that person. It's, it's like gluten-free people. I mean, I do yep. it all the time. I'm gluten-free. I know. In that period. It's, or vegetarians <laughs> or vegans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was yeah, definitely that person for yeah. that period of time. It's like CrossFit is. You it know, changed my life life though. Ch- I mean, did, when you change your life you it did you change want, my life. it's not that you're bragging it's just that you're like you oh my gosh like in case you don't know if you do crossfit you're going to feel amazing it's like yes. the gospel you yes. want to share it it's yes. the gospel Spread of your health word. it's the gospel of your health and so um I love that. Yeah, the gospel. it's the gospel of your health so in our if we don't have our health we don't have anything right so um all right so uh, january 2017 boot camp um lost some weight um, kind of fell off the wagon, but was still kind of pretty consistent. Okay, but I had kind of plateaued. Um, then went through some things career-wise that then caused me to go into a little bit of depression and kind of fell completely off the wagon. So then, last ninety days rolls around. This is September of twenty eighteen. So okay. this is a full year and a half later. And I knew I needed to make that kind of commitment because I am the kind of person which, and I know this is an unhealthy habit, but you guys feel free to comment on our Facebook, Smooth Life State of Mind podcast. Um, I know there are other people in our audience that can relate to this, but here's the thing. I am either 100% or zero. zero. I'm 100 or zero. And so I knew that if I did not commit to something every day, seven days a week, I would not follow commit through. to anything. I wouldn't right. commit to anything. Right. So this challenge just kind of came around at the right time. And I was like, I'm going to commit to doing this. It's just 30 minutes of exercise every day. Right. For 90 days. And it's actually, it's a couple more than 90 days, October, December, or November, December, October, November, December. Yeah. yeah. It's just 31 and like, yeah. Right. But I started on September 28th of 2018. And I went my 90 days I I didn't I don't want to say I highly restricted my diet because that's not what it was I just completely changed how you again Mm -hmm. changed my the way my eating habits Mm -hmm. and really stuck to um you know healthier choices and or what I knew to be healthier choices you Mm -hmm. know four to six ounces of protein and I'm Again, we're not medical professionals. We're not recommending that we're anyone not do right. or not do what we did. But what I was doing at that time was four to six ounces of protein, a cup or two cups of vegetables, healthy fiber, healthy fats every meal. I was okay. basically following the Kelly Levesque diet. Um, her book is called um, Body Love, I think is the title. I'll, we'll post that in the show notes. But um, was basically following her uh, dietary program, mm-hmm. and then I committed to the ninety days. Well, at the end of that ninety days, 
I had lost another 30 pounds. Okay. And so I was in this huge online group um, that was part of this, you know, this Hollis Club group for the last 90 days. And some of us decided to then commit to another 90 days. We'd had such great results that we committed to another 90 days. And so... And when you have that, like accountability it helps it it's so motivating and so we made it through that second 90 days and then an even smaller group of us decided yeah, every, to do 90 more break off some people fell out and then and so and then after the third 90 days so now keep in mind this is three quarters of a year right there were two of us left uh, that decided to go the full stretch yeah like the full year and so September 28th of 2019 I had completed an entire year of never missing a day at the gym okay I had dropped 156 pounds at that point so you were down to 120 something no I started out at 280 Mm -hmm. and you said 156 yeah if my math that'd be 122 pounds no, my, my lowest weight would, or maybe I'm not doing the math right. So 100 pounds would be 180, and then yeah. 50 it would be one, about like 130, 130. And you said 56 minus 4 would be 124. So, anyways, yeah, let's so, not get caught up in the numbers, but you had lost. No, but I think I did the math wrong then. You did. Um, it's so, okay. my lowest weight was 139. 139, mm-hmm. okay. So, you so lost 140. 141 pounds. Yeah. Okay. So, 140 pounds. Yeah. Right. So, um, which is a whole person. It is a whole person. I mean, I was in the healthiest, best shape of my life. And then I took a job (laughs) and a a very, in a very, very toxic work environment with a very toxic team of people. And this is something I'd never experienced in my adult life. And it really took a toll both on my physical and mental health. So Mm -hmm. I started that job in September that this was 2019 September um, 28th I completed that year of exercising I was going to try to do another year Mm -hmm. on the second day into my second year I injured myself pretty badly Mm -hmm. Um, bad enough that you know I needed a doctor's care and was basically told you're going to have to take about six to eight weeks off you're not going to be able to do anything um, other than maybe walk and not very far. Mm-hmm. So this is the second time that physical injury had mm-hmm. restricted my ability to right. exercise. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, so then do you think you got depressed? Too? I got, I went downhill so quickly. So I was in a toxic work environment, had never right. experienced that in my professional right. life. I'd and always, you can't exercise yeah, to help manage exercise. your stress. Yep. And so all the feel-good hormones that you were getting from yeah. working out. Now, let's add to that that I was also having relationship issues at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner of five years at that time and I split up. Okay. And, well, so this is in September. I took the job. Around Christmas, we split up. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, I was in the ultimate storm yeah. for say, it's disaster. Like life stresses. Yeah. The ultimate storm for disaster. Death, divorce, moving, job change, you know, all of those. It was a really tough time. And so I I just slid down the mountain. I mean, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I I, I rolled down the mountain. Mm -hmm. I didn't walk. I didn't crawl. I rolled so far off. I fell off the horse. Then I rolled down the mountain. mountain (laughs) You got to the bottom all bruised and banged up. I mean, and it was terrible. And so, you know, I went from being in probably some of the best shape of my life. I remember going on a trip. This is where, I think this is where we 
actually met for the first time at the conference in Nashville. It was in February of 2019. Yes. I was in the best shape of my life. And then all of these things just kind of had come to a head. And uh, I fell off. And I fell off hardcore. And then... Uh, let's just say I parted ways with that company at the end of February in 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't real sure what I wanted to do professionally. Um, but I, I, you know, was in a financial position where I could take a little bit of a break. And then we had a worldwide pandemic. Well, that was February 2020, yeah. Yeah, oh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you yes. said February 2019. but That's it was when like, we went to the conference. Yes, and right. you did. I um, took the job in September, September of 2019. and then correct. February. Yeah, February so. 2020. Yeah, you're correct. So February of 2020. Yeah, then we had a pandemic. We and parted ways, like, and then the next two years, like, yeah, nobody was keeping their shit together, or right. very few people. So. Well, and people like it was just so much harder. Businesses were closing, jobs yeah. were hard to find. It was like, yeah, so was, yeah, so my my depression so you went from and my a mental health storm to a hurricane to a tornado to a tsunami to then shipwrecked on a deserted island right basically yeah so (laughs) that's where I was health-wise now in comes a case of the shingles and Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody out there if you've ever had shingles um and I'm trying to make this long story short as short as possible but I have to give you this backstory so that you can understand how I got to where where you were right where you Lost 140 pounds and like and then, then put back on right half and um, so I wasn't sure what I was going to do professionally and then he, here we are we're in this I get the shingles get shingles and um, which is definitely stress it is I mean well it's caused by stress for most people yes, it's yes. stress induced. And um, that was in December was the first time I had it. I had a really bad case. But then I had the worst case was my final week with this organization. Mm-hmm. I got it again. And um, I, and anybody I've spoken to in the last two years has heard me say this. My health has not been right since. Mm-hmm. Now, I had all of these contributing factors leading up to this, but shingles can do a lot of weird stuff in your body. Mm -hmm. It's a viral. I mean, it's it's like because it's the chickenpox virus. So so. you never know how it's going to impact your body. Um, And well, just stress in general. Yeah, how even that was taking a toll. A toll. Like even on your gut health, even when it wasn't like that necessarily. That oh, I'm just like eating crap. But like when your stress level and you. You could be eating the best food in the world and it's still not going to, your body's not going to process it properly. You're not going to store the nutrition like you should. You're not going to expel like you should. Right. So, all right. So let's fast forward uh, about six months and, um, or a few months. So in July, I got shingles again. Mm. So three times. So this is the third time. In seven months or so. Right. So this time uh, I got referred to um, a rheumatologist because mm-hmm. um, the doctor saw pictures, but I actually couldn't get in that third time until most of the rash was cleared up. Mm-hmm. And um, so she referred me to a rheumatologist. A rheumatologist did a ton of blood work and mm-hmm. came back and said, well, your markers, let me rewind. My primary care physician had done some blood work which is why I was referred to a rheumatologist and said that I have all the indicators for lupus. Right. Um, so autoimmune. 
Right. So it explained a lot of why some of the things I had been trying to reincorporate were not working. Mm -hmm. I was... Not only was I in this horrible storm of just, you know, just in the... Well, you're sh- like a flare. Almost. Yeah. Like your body's like rebelling. Well, not not even that. But I had I had been in a state of just being just unstable in a lot of areas, mm-hmm. you know, professionally, emotionally, relationship-wise. And it's a perfect storm for your body to say, uh, you need to take a break. Right. Slow down so we can figure out what the fuck is going on. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um... So it was at that point, um, the rheumatologist ran tons of tests and actually did diagnose me with lupus and fibromyalgia. So we started treating for those. And six months later, I had no improvement. In fact, I was getting worse. But in the meantime, you were like getting back on the I was like, healthy eating. I was way back on the healthy eating train, definitely on the exercise like train. Juicing, just mm-hmm. like shake yep. or healthy shakes. Yep. Like, healthy food you're eating broccoli you're eating like lean protein i had completely gone back to the you're, kelly levesque diet plan yeah you're now, like, no sugar no yeah. processed sugar I'll no eat, processed I'll, I'll eat honey. flour yeah and so everything natural everything natural so i go through an entire year of seeing that doctor my primary care physician then my insurance changed and I had to reestablish with every doctor that means my psychiatrist my primary care physician my rheumatologist had to reestablish everywhere if you've ever been through that I'm just gonna say my heart goes out to you because it is such a hard process when you've had the same physician for years you've and been then all of a sudden they don't take your insurance anymore right and you have to reestablish that it is a process and I had never been especially when this. you have a complex medical history exactly if you're like somebody who just goes for a checkup once a year you're lucky because I went through that with my neurologist back Mm -hmm. it was like I was seeing a neurologist I loved and then all of a sudden doesn't take my insurance anymore what like and then you have to now I gotta start start over with somebody different it's like wait no we already have a relationship we're like we're in a relationship and I don't know anybody (laughs) who can afford to pay for medical care out of pocket unless you're you know know, a gazillionaire yeah Yeah. yeah, all right Jeff Bezos can you fix this? We've been asking you for a long time now. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I had been doing all the right things. Which oh, is exhausting. It's then exhausting. To like, well, it's exhausting that you have to start over. It is exhausting. Because then and, you have to go back in and you're like, And especially here. when you take medications like things like Ambien or, you know, ADHD medication stimulants. And, um, you're, you know, you, it's like everybody, they can't take your medical history from your previous primary care physician. They have to start from scratch. And I understand that. It's all about liability. I get it. But our system's broken. I'm not going to get too be too deep into that. Like I said in the last episode, of no. But it's just exhausting that you had to go exhausting. start over because you hadn't even gotten any results. I had, you weren't right. stable. I'm being treated for these things, and you're still I wasn't even stabilized. Right. You're I'm, still exploring what's going yes. on. What what's wrong? Let's get some answers because sometimes even if the answers are bad, you have an at answer. At least I haven't. I mean, when I got the lupus diagnosis, I was like, "Hallelujah, praise Jesus!" Yeah. At least now I know what's wrong. Right. And we started training for that, and, and you're like, "Wait, I'm not getting any better." Nothing. I, and I was getting worse. Right. And I was exercising more. And, and you I was gone back to your Gone healthy, back to my stricter, you yeah. know, um, I hate using the word stricter restriction to die. I'd gone back no, to but healthier just a healthier eating. eating. To you were just like, lifestyle. I'm eating for fuel yeah. and less about like eating for comfort. Right. I'm just trying to give my body the best fuel. Exactly. To heal exactly. And, and be be at its top performing. It's like you're getting the um, premium unleaded, not the just basic. Exactly. Yeah. But okay. I always say Oreos, but that's beside the point. Anyway, so I was still, I was on this train. You know, well, I mean, 
I was on this train of really making an effort again. Yeah. Um, I had put back on, I was already up over 200 pounds again. Okay. Um, so I. And that's defeating because every time you see the number go up on the scale, it's like. I was literally doing I'm everything right. I'm working out. What is going on? And the on? number's going up. Yeah. No. I was so disappointed. So during the process of reestablishing, I met a new doctor. And she's a resident at Memorial. And I'm not going to say any of our doctor's names because we don't want to get sued. God yeah. forbid. But I will just tell you that she is so wonderful. And she listens. And I mean, when I talk about it, it's very upsetting because I'm sorry, you guys. But what I think about is I had a year and a half of doctors guessing what might yeah. be wrong well also not validating no and you get treated at like I know Erin can relate to this because she has a very complex medical history but when you walk into a doctor's office and you tell them that you're eating healthy and you're exercising but you're overweight and you continue to gain weight this is a huge issue and it's a big part of why we decided to do this episode is because I want other women to be encouraged to advocate for yourself as that number continued to go up on the scale, doctors continued to shove me off and pretend like... You just need to control your eating. Right. Or like, oh, well, you're making bad choices. And I knew that It's I everything was, you are doing. Exactly. And I knew that I was cooking as healthily as I could. I was eating, you know, lean protein, vegetables. Yeah, salmon. Hardly, yes. You know, like broccoli. Oh, I'm having like salads. Yes. I'm having like fruit. Yes. Like, fruit. for God's yes. sake, I'm eating fruit and I'm vegetables. not eating Oreos. Right, <laughs> so, right. Um, and then I was talking to the physician, and this was, um, I'm going to say, I can't even remember when. Do you remember when we started doing the stool tests? It's probably been six months ago now. Yeah, I was It's probably say. been six months now. So, it was Which before the holidays. poop. That's right. <laughs> so, we're doing stool samples. Not a stool that you sit on. Right. <laughs> And some things were abnormal. Um, and so we started to kind of look into that deeper. And in one of my appointments a few months ago, I was telling her a story about eating a bowl of pasta. And I got so dizzy, I had to go lay down. I literally felt like I was intoxicated. Mm -hmm. I got dizzy. I felt nauseated to the point of my vision was blurry. Like I had to go lay down. And then there was another incident where I had gone to Kroger and I had not eaten all day and I was having a really intense conversation with my son and I had bought one of those little packages of sugar cookies, you know, the soft, chewy, really good kind from the deli. And I ate like I four. I hate those. My husband loves those. <laughs> those are the best. I hate them. So I ate like four or five of those. They're tiny. They're like mini cookies. Yeah, yeah. And I got so dizzy and so sick that I could not drive my car and it for those of you that know me you know I only live about a mile not even a mile from Kroger I live almost directly across the street and I could not drive my car home right you're like I got an uber home like I'm and I, I'm drunk on sugar cookies I ate some cookies yeah. and so telling her that she had a family member who had something called ABS yes which is it's different than IBS. It's different than IBS. Syndrome. Yes, it's it's pretty rare. I don't know the percentage because I literally couldn't find. I don't even on know Google. that I I because I I when when you got mm -hmm. told me about it, I like did a lot of research and nobody's ever heard of it. Yeah, no, it's I had crazy. Never. So what it is is it's it's 
It's also known as gut fermentation syndrome yes. or endogenous ethanol fermentation. Or it's some auto, auto brewery. Auto brewery syndrome. You're, you're, you're a brew house. Exactly. Um, and so, some people call it drunkenness disease. So it's basically where your body is taking carbohydrates and, and sugar. And it, tur- them and it turns it into alcohol. And if you eat something like that on an empty stomach, yes, it, it can give you all. Of, and there have even been court cases where, where people have had people have been arrested for DUI. And then yeah. it's been and they've proven. blown. Yep. They'll blow. And they're like, I haven't had any alcohol. They haven't had any alcohol in days, weeks, months. And um, their, you know, their BAC is over the legal limit. And it's right. because they ate pasta or cookies or it's, it, it's like from yeah. in their lower gut. So my doctor suspected this. So then we did um, the glucose pill test and mm. it turned out that I was diagnosed. You're drunk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was drunk off cookies and pasta. And it was, and it's odd because, you know, I've always, I mean, I, I, there were times in my life where I was a more heavy drinker, but, you know, I right. had noticed that over the course of this year after I, I still feel was misdiagnosed with lupus, um, where I had been abstaining from alcohol for the most part. I, I mean, I, not a hundred percent, but I would drink very rarely. I right. would maybe have a glass or two of champagne every three to four months. Right. But. And I know when you don't drink for a while, your tolerance goes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were but like, wait, I would this have is one way or two, too yeah. strong of a reaction to I like. I would have one or two glasses of champagne, and it would be like I had six bottles. And champagne, usually you have in the champagne flute, it's mm-hmm. like three sips. Right, right. It's not like you're having like a like a beer-sized thing of champagne. Right. Like so a, I had noticed that even when I would have like the smallest amount of alcohol, right. it would have a very severe effect. Yeah. Now, I didn't know about that when I was talking to my doctor. I didn't know about this until after I started right. researching ABS. But you're like, oh. Um, I was oh. like, wow, this is an actual real thing. And there have been, uh, there's other symptoms that I was having that I didn't know related to this. Well, so talk about that because um, mm-hmm. all the time that we have been, since we, you know, our conception from this um, podcast, and we would get together mm-hmm. like Alicia does not overeat but she would get full after like three bites of something yes. you know she'd have a bunch of broccoli yes and a piece of salmon and it's like oh my god I can't eat anything else so and, and that's a symptom is you your body is rejects you gas you build up gas and, and you, you feel so full right? yeah and so it's basically caused by um it's caused by an over-fermentation of lots of different things but mostly yeast but it's not like it's it's a it's something that's easy to control with your diet when you know what to not eat, but hard to control if you have no idea. Because you think you're so. I, let me interject. So mm-hmm. one of my yoga students, um, we're going to talk about FODMAP and like you yeah. can explain mm-hmm. what it stands for. And that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. She didn't call it ABS. She called mm-hmm. it like that. She had you know she had to do this low FODMAP diet. Mm-hmm. And so I did research and I was like, oh my gosh, you can't have apples or watermelon. Or it's crazy. And like, we'll, we're going to get into that. Yeah, but and it's like, what? Like, that's all healthy for you. It, and you think. It's again, whole foods. Like, you think that you're eating healthily and you're actually poisoning your body. It's crazy. Yes, so yes. some of the other symptoms, I'm just talking about like symptoms you would never know. So red or flushed skin. Mm-hmm. So literally every time I would eat one of these foods that you should restrict, my entire chest, my face would, would turn red. red. Yeah headaches I had gone years without having migraines I used to get migraines really terribly when I was over medicated for ADHD mm-hmm. I hadn't had 
had them in years. And then all of a sudden I started having headaches again. Um, I felt dehydrated and I felt like I had dry mouth all the time. I could not dry. I drink you a couldn't gallon get dr- of water yeah, a day. You drink water all the time, nonstop. And I can't get enough. It's like my body can't get enough. The fatigue was in just, you guys, when I tell you I was fatigued, I walk for at least 30 minutes every single day of the world. Like I, I'm not a person who just lays around and eats bonbons and But the fatigue was unlike, it's hard to describe to someone who's never experienced real fatigue. It's like you get up and you sweep the floor and then you have to take a nap. Mm -hmm. And I'd never experienced that. I've always been like an energizer. Yeah, you're high energy, get up, go. Um, Memory and concentration problems. Remember I talked about having the the just completely, and I do have ADHD, but the brain fog was so real and again, I was being treated for lupus, which that's a big symptom of lupus, huge fatigue and brain fog. Yeah, right. But I wasn't There's getting so many any results. Over, yeah, so everything overlaps. Hard sometimes to suss out exactly what it is that, and like I say, when you have a complex medical history, it's like, well, it could be this, or it could be this, or it could be this, and then exactly. you're like trying to And cross. then I was having these horrible mood swings, and again, yep, we're in perimenopause, hormones are changing. And so yeah. the point I'm making, though, with these um, kind of unrecognizable is that oftentimes they do overlap with other things that are less common and so doctors would never think to test you right because you have all of these other things you already have a lupus diagnosis you already have you know we know you're in perimenopause well they can also chalk all of that up to like all of those other things and they cannot they can chalk it up to being overweight yes and well tell them about the one doctor that you went to. oh my god okay so before I reestablished with this lovely young resident at, um, I just love her. She's just so great um, at Memorial. Uh, I had tried to establish at a different practice because um, mm-hmm. there are very few practices that take the really bad insurance that I have now. And I won't get into that. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. So I had established at, uh, or was trying to establish at a different practice. I went in for two visits. The doctor suggested bariatric surgery. And Which would I, have never cured your problem. I wasn't even 100 pounds overweight at what, that But point. also, you didn't even go there for that. I didn't go there for that. And you were going there for solution. like this, th- these are, and he's like, oh, well, let's just put a lap band around your stomach and like, you know, we'll, we'll just like he asked make me you lose weight by. Have you ever considered bariatric surgery? And I'm like, no. I don't think that's going to solve my skin rashes, my right. mood swings, my um, fatigue. dizziness, fatigue, brain fog. I don't think that's going to solve the fact that when sometimes when I eat a bowl of pasta on an empty stomach, I feel like I'm going uh, to have a stroke. Yeah, like this is not, it was a really bad experience. Yeah. Um, so, it, and anybody can get this, even kids. Yeah. Um, so, it was, it was just a really odd sequence of events over the course of over a year and a half so I finally get diagnosed with ABS and she does a whole bunch of other um just tests for you know um overages and underages of bacteria in the gut and you know we know a lot more now about this than we ever did Erin is like a plus she's like an encyclopedia she's like a wikipedia of information about this just pay me a dollar when yeah. I, when you go to my um, Wikipedia page, <laughs> every time I go to Wikipedia, they're like, "Do you want to make a donation?" You can literally ask Erin anything on our Midlife State of Mind podcast um, group or Facebook or Instagram page, and she'll have an answer for it. And if she doesn't, she'll research it until yeah. she does. Yeah. She knows everything it. about everything. So gut health. So her and I had had a lot of conversations about gut health. 
again, I had this conversation with this resident doctor. She was like, oh, I have a family member who had this. Let's test you for this. And then all this shows that I had this. In the course of all the stool samples and the glucose and all this, we also found out that I had quite an overproduction of several pretty specific bacteria that cause IBS. Now, the list is so long, I'm not even going to try to pronounce all of these things, but I would just encourage you, if you have digestive problems, ask ask that it be checked. Ask that it be checked. Um, So... What we found out by going through this testing is that these two, I have ABS and IBS, Mm -hmm. these two gut disorders can cause every single other symptom that I have had. Right. And by restricting certain food groups, you can cure it all. Right. But you were eating, that's that's the thing is that like you were eating... Broccoli. You were eating. I was eating. Listen to me. When I tell you, honey, you're like I'm not going to eat processed sugar, honey, ferments. I I would. I was not eating. I was literally eating every meal. I can tell you exactly what I would eat. I would eat a combination of fish or chicken, four mm-hmm. to six ounces. Usually mushrooms and onions. I would make a large batch of those on Sunday, and yeah, I would eat and them like just, as a side dish. Yeah, yeah. A salad broccoli asparagus or a a big salad with fruit mostly apples yeah um and then I would make my own honey vinaigrette yes yes so it turns out when you have and vinegar is bad vinegar is bad too so for for low FODMAP yeah it is so when you have these things um I'm trying, I'm going to, let me get to the, because I have notes. Can I tell what FODMAP is? Or do you have it? I have it right here. Okay, tell us. Um, Okay. Because it, like, I was like, what's low FODMAP? What does that even mean? Yes. So, what it is, is FODMAPs are types of carbohydrates found in certain foods, including wheat and beans. Mm -hmm. Studies have shown strong links between FODMAPs and digestive symptoms like gas, bloating, stomach pain, diarrhea, constipation, uh, constant nausea, indigestion. Um, Low FODMAP diets can provide remarkable benefits for uh, many people with common digestive disorders. So here's what it stands for. FODMAP, F-O-D-M-A-P, stands for fermentable oligodimonosaccharides. So I'm going to say that again. Fermentable oligodimonosaccharides and polyols. Yep. So each letter is oligosaccharides. Fermentable. Yeah. F. Oligo. O. Di. D. Monosaccharides. M. And a polyols. P. Yes. P. So it is foods that contain these, and what they are is short chain, short chain, chain carbohydrates that are resistant to digestion. Yes. So they ferment. They, they don't, ferment. They don't in get your gut. digested. They don't get digested. And they go to your lower gut and then they yeah. ferment and they create gas and it draws liquid into your intestine. Yeah. And it's so here's the thing is the foods that you would think are the most healthy for you right. if you have a sensitivity to these food groups can literally make you sick. Yes. It is the food the healthy food that I was eating all of this time. That was making me sick. And I, 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 and so then I shared with Alicia that I read a memoir of this lady mm-hmm. um, who was dying. She was dying. Um, she, I mean, she was literally like, felt like she was dying, mm-hmm. no energy, you know, like rashes. 
and she was juicing and yeah. she was eating, you know, doing fruits and fresh vegetables, everything raw. I'm going to do this whole like, you mm-hmm. know, raw diet and I'm going to yep. get healthy. And she was getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. She, it's, she wasn't FODMAP, but it's oxalates in mm-hmm. um, vegetables because vegetables actually have poison yeah. for certain people, for for some people that can eat everything, anything. Just like nightshades. Not everybody can eat tomatoes and eggplants and nightshade vegetables because they get indigestion. It gives yes. you no upset stomach. Or if they have arthritis, sometimes it can aggravate because yep. it can Same cause. concept. So she found out that mm-hmm. basically all of that food that she was eating was killing her. Yeah. And so she had to basically do a carnivore diet, which then I had um, a, a um, photo shoot last February, first time ever in my life. I was like, oh, I'm 51 almost um and the lady that took my pictures she was on the carnivore diet because same thing Mm -hmm. she has um Lyme disease yeah so she was like doing all these like vegetables yeah and juices and I'm gonna get so healthy and got what was getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and ended up just doing she buys like a cow from somewhere up in North Georgia from a farm and she basically eats like meat so that's kind of where I am. So let me get into a little bit more detail about like what the foods, it's just, it's, it's still mind blowing to me to think about how many foods fit into these categories that I cannot eat right. and how much of a difference it's made since I started following this really strictly. So right. fructose. So that's a simple sugar found in most fruits and vegetables that also makes up the structure of table sugar and most added sugars. Yeah. So no high fructose corn syrup. No, no white sugar, no processed sugar, right. and most fruits have too high of a content of, of fructose to eat. So yeah. I'm eating a, a serving of fruit almost every meal. Yes. Poison. Right. Lactose. Lactose is a carbohydrate found yeah. in dairy products like milk. Now, I haven't been drinking milk for about six years now. However, I eat yogurt almost every day. Yeah. And I ate Greek yogurt, which is... Because healthy for you. That's right. Because you think it's the best. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm gonna- fructans found in many foods, including grains like wheat, spelt, rye, and barley. My favorite kind of bread, rye bread. Worst thing for My you. favorite dish in the world, pasta. Yeah. I was literally eating a cup and a half to two cups of pasta or, or I, when I make a sandwich, I make it with rye bread mm-hmm. and these things are poison to my body. Yeah. Galactans found yeah. in large amounts of beans. I thought that if I replaced... Right. pasta with beans right that was healthy right because nope, beans beans too. are good for your heart yeah the more you eat the more you fart that's the more right you fart, the better feel sweet the beans with every meal yeah that's right poison polyols so sugar alcohols this is this is the big one y'all this is all artificial sweeteners all yeah. of them that means yes your splenda of course your NutraSweet, even your stevias yeah all of the artificial sweeteners even agave i bet um agave is actually okay but it any, is okay. anything with xylitol sorbitol malitol or mannitol yeah and those things were even found in some fruits and vegetables so yes. i was using splenda and honey in everything thinking that was yeah. great it's a great substitute so i mean it, it's crazy it says the majority of fodmaps pass through most of your uh, for most people, pass through your intestine and then go on to be digested. But for people who have intolerances, 
they don't change. So then they and get you didn't to that, have it your whole life. This no, was more like it, it, this, for whatever reason it was stress induced or so whatever. these types of allergies can actually be brought on by viral infections in adults. Yes. So remember what I said? I have not felt right since December of 2019 when I got shingles and I had it basically an active virus for six months yep. because it would clear up and then it would come back and it would clear up and then it would come back and. I know some people are going to be like, why didn't you just get vaccinated? Because you cannot get the vaccination. Or when you're in an active outbreak. You can't get it when you're in an active outbreak. And, and you have to wait a certain amount of time. A good physician will tell you you should wait 90 days. Some physicians will say, no, as soon as you clear out, you can get it. But if you do that while you have active virus in your body, it can actually cause permanent. You can get Bell's palsy. It can yes. cause permanent paralysis. and cause eyesight, loss of your eyesight. Yes. I didn't want to risk that. Right. So that's why I didn't get vaccinated. Um, Plus, you're actually a little bit young to get the shingles vaccine. You, insurance won't pay for it till you're 65. Uh, I was about to say. So, uh, so yeah. So, I was eating all of these healthy foods. And I'll go into just a little bit more detail. So, when you think about fruit and you think about healthy eating, I cannot eat apples, applesauce, apricots, blackberries, boysenberry, canned fruit, cherries, dates, figs, peaches, pears, watermelon. I cannot eat any of those fruits. It's poison to my body. Yep. Now, when you're eating healthy and you want a sweet treat, what do you go for? Yeah. Fruit. Like, I'll have some fruit. You go for fruit. So I was eating fruit as my sweet treat. Do you know, I don't have, Poison. I, um, I, I shared with you um, and I'll share with our listeners. I cannot eat apples. Mm -hmm. I, I've actually gotten better now, but for many years mm -hmm. before I healed my gut, if I ate an apple, I would fill up with gas, like, like almost like I felt like I was having a heart attack because it would get so full. That was my first sign is, I, again, Aaron's testified, I eat por the portions of food that I eat are but so But you'd be small, miserable. And I couldn't. You'd be like, I just had a bunch of broccoli. Why am I feel? Why do yeah, I feel like I'm crazy. Like dying? So we talked about the sweeteners, the artificial sweeteners, but high fructose corn syrup, even honey. Yeah, and you poison. were using honey because it's natural. I was natural. using honey it's and everything. Like, yeah. Uh, everything. So dairy products, not just milk, but ice cream, any soft cheeses, cottage cheese, ricotta cheese, you can't. You can't eat it. No yogurts. Um, you can eat hard cheese like Parmesan, cheddar, um, vegetables, asparagus, art, aspar um, artichokes. Yeah. I was eating asparagus three to four days a week. Yeah. Beets. Beets are one of my favorite foods. You can't eat beets. Broccoli. You can't eat broccoli. Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, fennel, garlic, leeks, mushrooms, okra, onions, and peas. When I tell you my diet consisted of lean protein and a handful of vegetables... Every week I was every week I was eating asparagus, beets, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Everything was loaded with fresh garlic because everybody says garlic's so good yeah, for you. Yeah, it's good for you. Can't eat garlic. And then mushrooms and onions. Mushrooms, onions, and green bell peppers almost with every meal. Which I was shocked about mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's I knew I, I could figure that um, onions because mm -hmm. um, the um, there's some. So like it's compound in onions. It's and the spores and mushrooms um, because okay. it's it's a fungus and the fungus um, ferments and promotes growth of the unhealthy bacteria. Okay. Um, legumes, so beans, baked beans, chickpeas, chickpeas, y'all. I know. I mean, hummus. Oh my god, I ate cheese. Oh, anyway, yeah, lentils, kidney beans, no soy, no soy, yeah, soy. Um, one of our favorite meals to eat, like on the healthy wheel, is um, cauliflower fried rice. I would eat that once a week. Tons of soy sauce, you know. Yep. Um, so wheat, me, and that's 
biscuits, bread, breakfast oh, cereals, yeah, crackers, pancakes, pasta, tortillas, waffle. I mean, you you can't. So it's not the gluten. It's the um, it's the the carbohydrate breaking I, down. You know what? We were talking about this earlier. I think it is the gluten because all of these things are processed. They would contain gluten. It would be the processed. But wheat. I don't. But I wonder if like. You know, like it's not the gluten that you're having your reaction. It's not. I mean, the gluten may not be good for you, anyways. But like, it's the way that it, that's a simple carbohydrate. It's, I've just cut it out. Yeah. No. I. Totally. And then you know, beverages like again, I'm I rarely drink at this point. But um, you know, alcohol, beer. Yeah. Alcohol. Beer. Yeah. All of the things, even fruit juice. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say fruit a- juice. Anything with high fructose corn syrup. Um, we all know that's bad for you anyway. But it, it was just amazing to me that all the food I felt like I was, you know, I felt like I was doing the right thing was actually poisoning my body. I know. And so I've been on this low FODMAP thing for I guess it's been about eight or nine weeks now. Yeah. And um, I've lost over twenty pounds without changing anything else I'm not exercising more I'm not eating less as far as portion size goes I'm just eating the right foods right and And you're feeling better my entire I just can't believe I went that entire it was really almost two years I was gonna say two years yeah going through this health journey and being treated for the it really was about two years from February mm -hmm. to like this February February. Yeah. yeah So it, this this whole episode, the point of these two episodes and the next one is really just, it's all about advocating for yourself. Also, sometimes thinking, the other thing I was going to say is thinking outside the box. Because sometimes, yeah. like, you have to be, like, open to, like, it not being what you think it is and finding a doctor. And yes. that's what I was going to say back, back to the episode about my thyroid and the new endocrinologist that I went to is that her just listening to me and validating without trying to like even fix it immediately just without listening. trying to put you in a box so she could check you off her list it's like yeah you know just listening and like hearing me say this is and not trying to say oh well that's what this is oh well that's what this is mm-hmm. oh well that what this is you know she just let me like do my whole like blah, 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 and this is like you know then she's like you know, I think it's a skill that is not emphasized enough in medical school because everything is liability based. Make sure right. you cover all your bases so right. the hospital CYA, practice yeah. doesn't get sued. Physicians are trained to not form a personal relationship with you, which I think is horrible right. because we're all different. Our bodies are all different. I realize we have to have a standard of practice and a treatment. Standard of care. Yeah. However, I think one of the biggest mistakes doctors make is not treating to your symptoms treating to a book diagnosis right you know that's how rare diseases are sco- discovered is by looking outside the box right. it's by listening to your patients I mean if I hadn't told her this story if I had told anybody on the street the story about the cookies and then feeling so dizzy well they would have said hypoglycemia yeah. you like got a sugar it's rash it's a sugar and, issue yeah yeah um but the fact that she had had a family member who had had this condition if she had not had that I would probably still be in the same boat yeah and you'd still be eating broccoli being treated for the wrong things and mm-hmm. I would still yeah I would still just feel awful all the time so we just want to encourage you to 
advocate for yourself at the doctor's office. Make sure you're getting treated. Midlife is hard. When you're overweight, it's even harder. I'm sure because they want to attribute everything. They want to attribute everything to your weight. And I, I think more doctors are becoming a little bit more aware and a little bit more compassionate. But I can just tell you from my own personal experience, you know, you you have to speak up, you have to advocate, you have to be honest, you have to tell your doctor the truth about your habits, you know, if you're a smoker, you can't tell your doctor you don't smoke, if you're you know, a drinker or whatever. Well, and also you need to talk about your bowel health too. You've got to talk about Doctors everything. never ask you, like, do you have a bowel movement every day? Like, how often do you move your bowels? I mean, like, it should be kind of like, yeah, if you're eating every day, you should be like, you should be every expelling day. every day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like like babies. Yeah. You think about when you had a newborn, as soon as they ate, whether they're breastfed or bottle fed. <laughs> what happens next? They, yep. you know, they're in the middle That's of it. eating and all of a sudden they're like. That's you know, it. They like, make a face oh, and then yeah. they feel relief because that's how our bodies work. Yeah. So, you know, advocate advocate yeah. advocate for yourself ask questions do your own research I mean there's nothing worse to a doctor than when a patient comes in and says I've diagnosed myself and I respect that I respect that because you know I'm a professional and I have some letters behind my name and so does Aaron and there's nothing worse than someone coming into they, a professional yeah. and think they know everything already so we're not advocating for that but I will tell you that Doctors are busy. They're pressed for time. Medical professionals are more pressed than ever to see more Absolutely. patients in a day. And so you have to kind of help them out. You yeah. have to help them out. You have to tell them what you're experiencing. 15-minute increments, man. They're in and out. Maybe not even 15. You don't even get 15 minutes Yeah, sometimes. and if you don't tell them everything and you don't write down your questions. That's the other thing I was going to say. When you go to a doctor's appointment, you need to have – I always have a list mm -hmm. of things I want to mention and questions I want to ask. Yep, I keep a note on my phone. Yeah. It's called symptomatic. And anytime I experience something weird, I put it on there. And the next time I go to my doctor, I'm like, she's, how are you doing this treatment? How's this working? Do we like this medication? Do we want to try something new? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, but I had a weird this the other day. Yeah. You know, and she'll listen and she'll say, well, that might just have been a one-off. A one-off. But Let's it might see. not be. Right. And if I had never mentioned those two instances about eating the cookies and eating the pasta, I wouldn't I wouldn't be on yeah, the I had road never to heard health. of um yes I. I had heard of FODMAP and mm -hmm. SIBO, which is small but intestinal first, bacterial overgrowth. Yep, and we had talked about that, yeah. and she brought that up, and she also tested me for something called H. pylori. I don't even know. It's yeah, H. pylori is. Yeah. A, I had that. Mm -hmm. um, it's a bacterial overgrowth. It's actually affect like almost the whole world has had it. It's but pretty sometimes, common, mm -hmm. and it's very hard to get rid of because it like lives in the lining of mm -hmm. your um, stomach, mm -hmm. and the stomach acid protects it and doesn't let it get. It's, it's so she literally treated me for that before she got the test results back. She was so sure Convinced based on my symptoms that I had it. And then yeah, it wasn't when that. we decided to do the glucose test, she was blown away. She's like, I would have bet my entire career. That you were, um, mm -hmm. yeah, they chat H. pylori. Yeah. Yep. So it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think that wraps up this episode. Yeah. We, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's my story. I'm so basically, to it. both of us <laughs> have had like just a hell of a 2022. We were, it's, it, it, we really in a good have. way. In a good way. We but discovered also, some things. And yeah. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, like let's have. Um, we found out you're cancer free, but you had to go through quite the journey to get there. And I yeah. found out that I may not even have lupus because now I'm not having the symptoms I'm not having the symptoms like I used to and I have stopped taking the medication that I was on and I just feel I mean I feel like a different person I yeah. really do 
So um, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah. So find <laughs> us on all the socials. Midlife State of Mind podcast. Yeah. You can email us at midlifestateofmindpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your thoughts. If you've had any experiences with this. If, if anyone if even heard there, of ABS. Yes. If I any, thought of it as like all brake system. Well, and when you Google your it. Your ABS system on your um, car. <laughs> when you Google it, you get all kinds of results for abs exercises. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes. So if you Google it, you do have to Google auto brewery syndrome. Or, or ABS digestion or something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. put that in there. So but that, I would love to know if anybody in the listening audience has experience with yeah. that or knows somebody Wouldn't who that has. Because um, like, yeah, I mean, it's I so was rare. like, oh my gosh, what's mm-hmm. ABS? You're like, yeah. I was like, no, you mean IBS? And you're like, no, mm-hmm. ABS. I'm like. Yep. All bowel symptoms. Yeah. Like, what is nope. that? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're just a little brew house. Oh, it's happening. We love you guys. Love you. <laughs> we'll Bye. Bye.